Welcome to Tip Talks, a not-so-average Gen Z perspective on all things life. Every week, we sit and have conversations about any and all things that happen during life's many seasons. I'm your host, Lexi, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Raven Johnson, Minneapolis-based filmmaker and storyteller. In today's conversation, Raven and I talk all about navigating life as a creative how important it is to have creative community and make sure you're surrounding yourself by the right people, being present and not jumping too far ahead into the future with your ideas and how to define success for yourself and focusing on sharing your story authentically and allowing others to be drawn to you through your authenticity. But before we get into all that, roll the theme song. everybody welcome back to the podcast if you've never heard my voice before hey what's up hello i'm lexi and if you have heard me before thanks so much for stopping by today um today on the podcast we have a very special guest today we have raven johnson hello hi how's it going good good very happy to be here thanks for having me of course excited to have you so sorry we're turning this off um so I met Raven at my university at Augsburg. Um, she was a, are you considered an adjunct? Or are you a full professor now or how? Um, I guess technically I'm considered, I'm full-time considered instructor, like, okay. but the special position is filmmaker in residence. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, yeah. So I met Raven during my time at Augsburg um, and I just thought that she was so cool in the hour that she came into my class. So I wanted to bring her on the pod and just have a conversation today. So do you want to introduce yourself to people who might not know who you are? Yeah. So my name is Raven. Um, I am a writer director uh, currently developing my first feature. Um, I've written and directed a few shorts that have played in a few festivals around the U.S. and I guess abroad internationally as well. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, I grew up in Minnesota, originally from Brooklyn Park, now living back in living Minneapolis. I left for some time to go to grad school at NYU in New York and now I came back. So yeah, happy to be here. I'm so yeah. bad at introducing myself. So no, <laughs> no, 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 you're say. doing great. You're doing great. Um, so I have, are you a music person at all? I do love music, but okay. I've never described myself as a music person. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I have questions that I like, little icebreaker things that I ask everybody, and they're usually like music-centered, but I don't want to ask you a music question if that's not your thing. So no, who are I, your, if you could only listen to five albums for the rest of your life? Ooh. Which albums would you pick? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I feel like all of them would be like a Beyonce or Laura Marling album. <laughs> Those are my favorite. So probably I would pick, um, oh my gosh, maybe Beyonce's Homecoming Live album, I okay. think is a masterpiece. I love it. I listen to it. Awesome. Like I listen to Renaissance all the time now, but like I think I would choose Homecoming because it's like perfect metal medley of like all the hits. Um uh Laura Marling's who's a British uh singer songwriter folk singer that I love um I, I like all of her albums um probably um what's it called why am I why am I blanking sorry you put me on the spot now I'm like sorry. oh my gosh uh, <laughs> it's okay <laughs> uh like a wildfire that's not what it's called though hold on I'm like I need to look at <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry. Check Spotify as needed. Edit it out, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just said this seamlessly, right? Um, probably, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just, because I really am trying to put her on the map and want more people listening to her. We love it. Um, she, she doesn't need my help, but, you know, I want more Americans. Um, let's see. Lower Marlings. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, either, yes, uh, Semper Femina or a creature I don't know or once I was an eagle. One of those um, okay. or two of those and something else but i love like shade's greatest hits album um and maybe like some and i feel like i need like a like maybe a stromai album in there or something some kind of like euro pop um dance hit yeah and then hmm I mean, can we count that as five? I feel like that's five that's five that's five okay yeah i like that you had a good like I like when people have a mix of genres and a mix of different artists. Okay. Okay. Second question. I'll switch it to film. Um, what is your favorite? I don't want to do like classics, but what's your favorite corny movie or TV oh show? Oh, okay. Great question. I love a lot of corny movies and TV shows. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so of, of like the Netflix rom-com. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, um, but I guess like what are you saying? Like, what would I just watch all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love a, a Netflix, like, I'm obsessed with Love is Blind, I think is my Ooh, Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, season one and was great. Season mm-hmm. two season three everyone annoyed me so we'll see if i season four is coming (laughs) but i do love you know i feel like that's very popular in my group chat is like discussing all the relationships on love is blind yeah that's like have you watched um from scratch have you seen that no is that the tell me what it is it's my friend recommended it to me it's like this love story of this italian guy and this girl from texas mm-hmm. and he's a cook and she's a wants to be an artist and it kind of follows their life i will say fair warning before you watch it i didn't know that it was sad yeah so i got to like yeah. episode six or something like that and i was like you know what i'm emotionally drained so i'm just gonna yeah. that's the one with like zoe saldana mm-hmm. right? like based on the true story yeah my friends yes. recommended and they said the same thing exact thing that they know it was sad and I didn't either. I was like, I love a good Italian love story. Like, yes, this is gonna be great. And then I started watching. I was like, why am I crying? This is ridiculous. Okay, good to know. Am I? I've been. I've been tempted because there's something I want to watch. Something like that's that's quick and like gets me like mm-hmm. really in my feels. But yeah, okay. It. Does, I mean, I think. I think also if you know beforehand and you have like warning, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't finished it, so I shouldn't say that. I guess, but up to episode six, I think you'll be okay but we'll see. Oh, of course. course. So you are a filmmaker. Yes. Yes. What does that mean to the average person or like someone who's not in the creative space? Um, I would say when I say filmmaker, it always, to me, that means like I can, I do it all in some way if I'm forced to. So the writing, the directing, editing is my other uh, big three. But if I was forced to, I could like do cinematography and things like that and and all that that comes in the post so I always say like filmmakers this general like I make films you know I make movies I'm, I do visual storytelling um and then you can get more specific of being like I'm a writer or I'm a director or some combination of all of the above but that's usually what I think I do visual stories in any means necessary yeah that's mm-hmm. cool and I love the way you said that do you feel like do you feel like a lot of people in the creative space are storytellers? I feel like that's something I'm kind of coming yeah. to the conclusion of. 
I think we're all storytellers, like as human beings, like we kind of have to be, that's just how, that's literally how we pass down our lineage and ideas, mm -hmm. ideologies is all through storytelling. So I think if you are, you know, existing in the world in whatever way, like we're all telling stories. So whether you're a visual artist, meaning you're using like painting or any kind of medium that's not necessarily film, or if you do music or, you know, writing everything, you're telling a story for people to read and engage with even if you're like making a company right you have to tell some kind of story to get people mm -hmm. to invest in you and believe in your message and your branding and your content so I think we're all storytellers yeah 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 that's so cool um mm -hmm. what made you then what made you want to pursue that as a career because you're saying we're all storytellers as humans which is true but everybody obviously doesn't choose to yeah. pursue that for their whole life mm -hmm. that's always an interesting question and I can't I feel like there was many moments growing up where I was like, I want to tell stories. Um, I didn't know what that meant. Um, I would, I didn't have that upbringing of like, you know, I was like born with a camera in my hand, like didn't have that Spielbergian like story of like, I was just been telling stories all my life. Um, that was not my, my experience at all, but I did watch a lot of movies. Um, I think my family like really conjugated, con was that, what's that word I'm looking for? Con nope we can cut that out right like really uh you know we all gathered around the television growing mm -hmm. up like that was like our space of like family time of was watching movies or going to the movies like it was always for birthdays or for christmas it mm -hmm. was adults would kick us out of the house and make us go to the movies <laughs> it was yeah i just remember like very specifically tying my time to like what movie was out in theaters and stuff mm -hmm. I, I haven't been able to do that in a while, but there was a time in my life where I could tell you when a movie came out just because something, just because of when I watched it in theaters and what was going on at that time in my life. But yeah, um, I think um, somewhere around undergrad uh, where I originally wanted, I feel like I tell the story at the time, I originally wanted to go and be a math teacher. Um, and then I realized I hated math. Um, why would anybody <laughs> want to do this? I mean, like, it's just not how my brain worked, sure. um, you know, of just like being so repetitive. Not sorry, and I'm like coming after math majors or whatever. But no, <laughs> I, uh, it was just like, yeah, this moment where I was just like, this doesn't interest me. What does interest me? Watching films, and then I mm -hmm. remember being in my dorm room at the time, being like, I like watching movies. Can this be a career? And then mm -hmm. I just googled it on my um on my uh, university website. Went to the U of M. Um, across the street from Oxford, but you know, I just googled it at the time. It's like hey, careers in film or majors in film, and there was like a cinema studies majors uh, that you had. So I mm -hmm. met with the advisor there and just kind of switched into that path. And like literally that that Monday, and then I never looked back since. So, um, and then first I really thought it was gonna be some kind of film critic or like writing about cinema or running my own film festival and then I realized like I really like producing and making films and telling my own story so mm -hmm. it became more of a practice-based kind of experience and then from there I went to grad school and you know worked on several sets and you know they, it's all of those were positive even when they were somewhat negative it was always just like a growing experience so you know I just never questioned that I wasn't supposed to be here which has been mm -hmm. great yeah mm -hmm. That's so cool. You said so many great things that I want to touch on. But when you're talking about movies, I want to go back to that because I can relate to that a lot. Like 
one big part of my childhood that I remember growing up is like Friday night was movie night, no matter mm-hmm. what. And so it was always like pizza, popcorn and movies. And mm-hmm. it's funny because now when we do that, even still as a family, it's not every Friday anymore, but there's still a lot of core movies that's like, oh, we haven't watched like The Proposal or Narnia in yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the movies that you remember mm-hmm. from when you were younger? Yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting because like, even from when I was younger, like even now, like my mom and I watch the same movies that I grew okay. up on. So uh, I think big ones in my household was always like Coming to America. My family all the time and Home Alone. Like my, that's yes. my mom. It's my mom's favorite movie. She'll watch it even if it's Christmas or not. Like we just watch that movie and just laugh. And you know, Home Alone Two is, is exact same movie. Like, y'all don't don't be don't be confused. But <laughs> regardless, you know and. Also, like Sister Act Two, I think we're like the top three. Okay, watched. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have similar. We have similar family styles, but it was elected that we only watch Home Alone. Well, first of all, we only watch Home Alone one and two. I to this day have never seen any of the other ones because my siblings. Yeah, my siblings (laughs) decided that I don't need to see any of the other ones, but. we elected that we only watch Home Alone at Christmas because it's one of my brother's favorite movies, but it would just we just couldn't watch it every Friday anymore. So now it's strictly a Christmas movie. Nice. Yeah. That's smart to do because yeah, my, which I try to get my niece into like, let's just watch home alone, not Christmas. And she threw a fit. And I was like, I guess, you know, this is a a strict Christmas movie, but yeah, I love it. It fits if it's not serious. So when you're talking about, um, so you said you went to grad school for film, what does that look like? From a, because my understanding of grad school from Kristen and everyone still trying to get me to go, but my understanding of grad school is it's kind of like more of a hands-on version of what you learn in undergrad. So for undergrad, was it like you're learning about film and how it's made, and then you're actually practicing those skills in grad school? Yeah, well, my using undergrad experience, like you're going to have to make films to be a film major, and that's just the reality of any of like practical stuff. So. You know, in undergrad, it was all, I, so I was like a film studies major. So there's a lot of paper writing and film critique, but it also was like a comm and art minor. So at the U of M, it was like film uh, making was really split among those three different majors. So um, I was making a lot of films in undergrad, um, it, but, you know, I wanted more of that expertise. So like grad school and film school, which is really nice, is like, you know, um, and I, w- I went to NYU, which is a very competitive and very like uh hailed program in okay. the film world um and that was just space it's literally just space for you to just focus on your craft and I think that's what the grad school experience is it's kind of like here are all the tools for you to do this full time you know so you're not worrying about you know you don't have time to worry about like a second job or anything like of that like it was just like this is space where all you're going to do is make films and you're going to make it with these people who are in you know some places called cohorts or your classmates your peers um NYU has had is a pretty large program where my class I think had like six 36 36 students in it okay. so you know you they put like your first year you spend you make you make three films your first year um and you know they put you in the group they and every class is really uh, specialized so like there's a cinematography class a writing class a directing class a producing class like so it really broke down those uh uh why am I forgetting words uh depart film departments and you focused on that but you're making the same project throughout that whole semester so you know in your directing class you're talking about that same project as a director and your producing class you're talking about that same project as a producer so you kind of really under started to understand how they all kind of formed and how it all worked together in order to make one whole 
uh, piece. Sure. Um, at the same time, though, where I think like programs like that and just like program uh, film uh, grad school programs in general, is just, it's you building your community, right? Because a grad school is there to, you know, it's there to you to become so you're specialized, like you are a now an expert. <laughs> quote unquote like if you did a PhD program obviously yeah. you'd be going to become an expert in that field of in your field of research but so you know it's kind of you're building these are people you're going to know for the rest of your life and if at least if you're doing it well you know like you're building a community of peers that you know if, again like if you're doing a PhD program where you have to write a dissertation you know and you're going to do more research more writing and things to be published you're building a community of people who are going to read your research and give mm-hmm. you notes and, you know, and film school, you're building a community of people who are going to come work on your films, who are going to, you know, be your DP and your producer and your editor and, you know, your writing buddy or whatever for like hopefully the rest of your life. And and that's a lot of like understanding how to keep that holy and build those relationships because you need those relationships when you get out. Um, I don't know. I was listening to a pod, another podcast, not your, <laughs> another not podcast. <laughs> no, I will, um, you know, the other day that was really talking about, um, what was it? Ta- I was just had a, sorry, I do this. I drift off sometimes. I like there. it. It's okay. I do the same thing. <laughs> um, it was like really talking, I forget, like, oh, I was talking about how, especially in this business, a lot of like those come-ups, you know, that you have are really from your peers of someone mm-hmm. getting something or getting into a space and then saying like, I know someone or recommending you or selling you to like fly for this thing. So a lot of it is just like grad school is just building your community. So your original question is what film school is like. It's you again, dedicated time and space just to like make a bunch of films and really learning how to do that well, or at least efficiently, you know, Mm -hmm. and developing that voice. And, you know, because, you know, undergrad is tricky because, you know, even though you are a communications major, you might still have to do like uh, things that are outside of your major, make those requirements. But grad school is like, it's all there just to, for you to like, basically focus on your career. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love what you said about community because I feel like I feel like for my generation, we're starting to un- for like my generation of creators, I feel like we're starting to get back to understanding that community is important. I feel like there's a lot of comparison that can happen, especially with social media. And it's like, oh, this person's doing this. And this, and especially because like, you know, social media is a highlight reel. So you don't see the times when you have writer's block or you're like struggling to write this certain thing and I feel like it's so easy to compare and Mm -hmm. not to ask for help because it could be like oh well so-and-so is in this place and it can be seen as competition how have you learned to navigate those feelings if those ever come up or those feelings of like competition or comparison and making sure to focus on community Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and those feelings do come up, but at the end of the time, like at the end of the day, I always, I'm someone who truly believes like what's meant for you will never pass you by. Like mm-hmm. it's impossible. If that was the opportunity or that thing was meant for you to have it, then you would have it. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, if you truly believe that, like you really understand those things that passed me by, you know, other doorways were open. I used to hate that phrase where it's like, you know, when a door closes, a window opens, mm-hmm. but it's really thing like oh because I didn't get that thing and was committed to being in this space for like x amount of time I was able to move and and pivot and go over here which you know ended up really flourishing my my career what have you um but to avoid those feelings and I always like I always think it's like a testament to yourself when like the people who are directly in your community are like rising because I I Mm -hmm. truly believe you cannot be in I'm going to like manifestation logic, like but you know like you can't be in vibration with someone 
who like people can't be you can't be in the same space as people who aren't a vibrational match to you if that makes sense so if you're surrounded by people who are advancing in a way that it's that around you that just means like my time is coming too because these are my friends here so if they're all doing something right and I'm seeing it and it's a fact you know and, and I'm there directly by their side that just means like I'm in the right space as well but you know those feelings can go I do recommend people stay off social media because exactly how you said like it's just a highlight reel and there's always this saying of like you know every overnight success is a 10-year journey so it's just like even when like again as filmmakers and you you see it all the time where it's like that one film came out and everyone's watching it and, and you're like yeah and that person's been doing this for like at least right. 10 years and getting this recognition so you know like and it's just and for me I'm just like I just like to keep it holy I also I try to put out into the world like (laughs) sorry this is like I I think this just is a testament to how I think and like maybe like my own form of like subtle narcissism but you know (laughs) I I want to be that person that's like so it's so hard to hate because I'm so nice you know where it's just like you know you have those people who are like oh they're so great and they're so successful and I wish I could hate them but like you meet them and they're like such a shining star it's just like this person is such a good person they deserve everything that they have and that's who I'd like to surround myself with and that's who Mm -hmm. I like to be or want to be said about me so yeah so and again it's uh, so I guess to sum up for me to get out of that feeling because it's so easy it's so easy and especially if you're in a space where you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing or where you're supposed to be just look around you if everyone's around you is being successful and thriving that means that you're probably thriving but you know when you're in it it's so hard to see that I think it's just like being in the eye of a storm where you know it's hard it's for and I feel like I'm going on so many different points no I'm sorry. please do please do that's the whole point <laughs> but you know it's kind of like when you're doing the thing you just get so focused on doing this thing and especially and when you have your own oh and that's another thing it's just like having your own definition of what success is yeah. you know like your definition of success should not match everyone's definition of success because that's just how you are really able to check like am I and am I really doing it or am I like phoning it in or am I falling behind or whatever it is but um but again like when you're actually things are happening things are going it's so difficult sometimes to give yourself the props and recognition because you know like okay I got this thing but that means that it that's supposed to lead to the next thing and Mm -hmm. I have to do that and do that like I like to tell this story like I was in New York um recently over uh in January and I met up with my friend Charlie, who is like her her first debut feature is like everywhere and so successful. We're so proud. And like awesome. uh, her debut feature is called After Sun. And we okay. saw it, but it's like super tale. Definitely go watch it. I love it. And like even like I, the DP Greg, I know all these are NYU, and the editor Blair, all of them are like a year above me at NYU. But you know, I was talking to her and she was just like, and like, and having this conversation where he's just like, oh, it never stops. Like, you know, I'm having this conversation with this filmmaker that I admired from the first time I saw her work and like so happy that she's like doing it and like her film is everywhere. It's getting all this praise, it's doing all this good work. And then she's just like, but what comes next? What comes? I need to do something. I was like, you are, and this was like right before like the Oscar nominations came out. And I was just like, you know you might be in, you're in the running for an Oscar and you just yeah. got this Critics, Critics Choice Award that was like awarded to her. I think it was by like Scorsese or something gave her award the night before our wow. conversation. And she's like, I don't know what, I don't know. And, and so it just never stops. So you kind of have to pause and say like, okay, what, what's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it's like, what, what, what is the success and yeah. understand like 
I'm living it. This is the dream. You know, someone is, yeah. So I'm, yeah. yeah, that's I'm going on forever, but it's because nope. I'm constantly thinking. Please do. It, this is how my <laughs> brain works. And this is why I have the podcast. So I have a set place that I can just like do all of it. And mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I think that you said so many valuable things. And I feel like too, it's so easy to like go to what's next, especially as a creative, because I feel like, you know, like our brain, case in point you and I talking like our brains are always just going and so I feel like it's so Mm -hmm. easy to not actually soak in those moments um and Mm -hmm. also like with awards and different things like that I feel like I'm trying to even in my own head understand like what success looks like to me and to find the balance between like yes I want this praise yes I want these awards and acclaims and all these different things but at the same time, like, if I never get those things, does that make me any less of an artist or creative or different things like that and finding that balance? There was a, um, mm-hmm. another podcast I listened to, but um, one of the people on there was talking about how a lot of her favorite artists that really inspired her, I want to say, actually, I think this was Ariana Grande or something like that, but she was saying how a lot of her favorite artists don't have Grammys, but they're the people that have inspired her and her work and, like, thinking about how a lot of people, they don't define success in that way and so in that same way I think I'm trying to understand like okay yes these things are cool yes I want them obviously I don't think anyone if someone's handed like an Oscar or Grammy I don't think anyone's gonna be like oh gosh no (laughs) give it like take it back but (laughs) I think that like defining that success for yourself is important absolutely absolutely I think that's it is difficult because as you just said, like, if you define it by who's handing you a Grammy, or if you get that Grammy, like how many, you know, A-list superstars right now are, are, have been nominated for their 10th Grammy and right. it hasn't come. And you see like the means, how, <laughs> how, what they do in order to do that. And I always like to say, like, Beyonce has never won album of the year, like, which is so disrespectful, you know? So, yeah. you know, and so, but again, like, I think that's just evidence about that that's that exterior outside recognition it's just it's never gonna be enough and and, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous so and people have had careers where they're insanely wealthy but no one knows their name because they're behind the scenes in some right. way they're a songwriter they're a group, like music producer whatever yeah. and there's some people who are insanely famous and don't and are right now in trouble with the irs you know so it's <laughs> <laughs> like what what is it like for me it's just like I want to be able to for me success it's like I want to be able to build a, a life for like the generations behind me whether it be mm-hmm. like my nephews my nibblings right now I have like a billion nibblings I want them to be, feel safe and secure in the world to like do something else so I like to tell everyone like I'm building my own like nepotism armies <laughs> I really yeah. want to like so many people have been doing that for you know decades and centuries and generations I want to start my own generation of like you know if it's like my great great grand niece or great great grandchild or whatever it is it's like banking off my name because they've started this empire I'm like that yeah. as well yeah. but hopefully in like a good holy way now I'm like us taking over the world kind of mm-hmm. way I don't know but yeah, we'll yeah. you said nibbling what is a nibbling uh, my like nieces and nephews. So okay, I've got it, got it, got it. Yeah, gender non-confirming. So got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you one other thing too. When you're talking about like defining success, but also you were talking about being in the moment and what comes next. How mm-hmm. do you? How do you stop yourself from running in circles and always running to what's next? Like, how do you help yourself be present and grounded? I feel like that's the challenge. Like that's literally, (laughs) 
Like yesterday, I was like running in circles completely thinking about what, oh my gosh, what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to be doing this. And like creativity was not coming yesterday. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to come. And I was like in this, you know, terror. And, you know, and then I just had this realization. I'm just like, I know this project I'm currently working on. Like, you know, it, I'm trying to do a short film this summer. Okay. And I have a due date of like, I want to film in like two months. And right now I've written like 50 scripts or like had 50 ideas and started writing those scripts not or funny and nothing has felt satisfying yet mm-hmm. and I'm just like and again like I'm giving myself this timeline that doesn't exist like I don't have to do it at this point of time I can push it back but also trying not to give myself that, that cop out of like oh I can keep pushing this back because then I know myself and then I'm never going to do it um but you know and again like and, but the problem is why I can't settle an idea or creativity is not coming is not because I'm not present in like what I'm actually trying to do and trying to make I'm trying to mm-hmm. about like several steps beyond that of like how is this going to you know catapult my career in some direction that I in this space that I live in right now that's so completely naive on, on what my life would look like what my yeah. needs will be like in the year two years or what have you you know I was trying to determine that so um, and I was literally just having this conversation with my cousin who was having her own little freak out too, which was like a nice compliment, you know, that I could like have this in the morning and in the afternoon, I'm like soothing someone else in their freak out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it is like, I'm, I'm trying so hard to like work at being present, trying to start meditation and like being physical. And like, I, I, I always say like, people always hear meditation, they get freaked out because they think like, oh, that's supposed to like you know, I'm supposed to like close my eyes and like hum for like two hours, but it's like, you know, it's just like whatever it takes to allow you to be physically in your body at that moment, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So for some people, meditation might be that, or it might be like taking a walk or it might be, you know, working out, it might be taking a shower. So things that just allow you to just be like, okay, I'm connected to the ground and Mm -hmm. this is where I am. So that's what I try to do. And, and, you know, cause and you really have to learn how to call yourself out on it. Otherwise, cause you get nowhere when you're in that space, when you're thinking 30 steps ahead for something you haven't even started part a with, like yeah. are you on part X, you know, yeah, it makes yeah, no yeah. sense. You know? Yeah. And just like kind of call yourself out on it all the time. Like I'm being ridiculous, Raven, like, and especially as, like for this, I'm like, I've done this before. And I, that's why I say like, I think people don't give themselves enough credit for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we all have, I've dealt with deadlines before. I've dealt with not having an answer before. I've always come through for myself. Like there's not, there's not been a space where I've like truly let myself down in a way that was un, you know, like that really destroyed my life. If if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's just like that's how it's. And and again, like I, I think it's the reality of the situation is just like if you are someone who wants to be successful you're gonna have to learn how to deal with that like you're always gonna have to learn how how to deal with the pressure we put on ourselves and not like this outside pressure it's the pressure I'm just putting on myself to create something that's beautiful and magnificent and resonant and like you know Mm -hmm. gets me 20 Oscars or whatever and like you know so but it's like I have no I have no uh what's control over any of that. I just have control of like over making this a pleasant experience. So I want to do it again and continue doing it. So that's, I guess like, that's how I try. Yeah. To be present. yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. And I feel like it's funny because a lot of the things that you're saying are things that I talk about on the podcast of like slowing down and reflecting and like reflecting is a big thing that I talk about because I am like 
a recovering overthinker. And so one thing that mm-hmm. has helped me a lot is like taking the time to sit and be present and journal or like, I'm notorious. I remember this one time I was having a conversation with my mom and she was like, you just have to learn to slow down. Like you just think about things so far ahead. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, I mean, you're 17 and you're thinking about how you're going to pay for your grandkids college. I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. But, but it's true. Yeah. And yeah. it's true. And it's like thinking about like taking a step back and <clears throat> even almost having like a, it's like you have a bird's eye view sometimes and you just have to kind of be like, okay, this is the moment that I'm in. This is what's happening. And like, obviously the reverse needs to happen too. Cause sometimes you can be so like dialed in and focused on one thing, but yeah, I think like that's something that I've been learning to do. And so it's just funny that you bring that up. Like everything's tying itself together. Yeah. I feel like I was a kid that like, I love that. Like I was also 17 thinking about like, how I'm going <laughs> to my grandkids futures but you know like I I kind of call it like the rom the rom-com view like mm-hmm. this view like I think this is why I love watching romantic comedies because you have these two characters who don't know each other are, ha- like, ha- are living like completely separate stories and we are watching them and like all these circumstances and situations that are evolving that bring them together and we already know ahead of time like these are the two people and they're meant to be together but yeah. they don't know that right you know? And I think that's so true to like the human condition of just like, if you, you know, if some, if you're someone who believes in like in a higher power or just like this idea of just like, if you are able to just like take a step back and look at what's unfolding in your life and all the situations and the circumstances that are building for you to come into connection and union with those things that you want, those things that you desire, like you would be it would be like the most entertaining thing. And that's always so interesting to me. And again, like it's easy to watch other people living that existence, but it's hard to like really understand like that's also happening for all of us that, you know, we're, we're sitting here being like, oh, I'm so mad that I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, you're stuck in traffic because if you took that turn, you know, that bridge would have collapsed. I don't know. Right. That's really dark, <laughs> you know, no, but, but yeah, you know, it's like all these things are happening that are protecting us from ourselves and like protecting us from getting things too soon, you know? So it's like, imagine if you're like 17 trying to build wealth for your grandchildren. Right. Like I, if I, at the age of 17, I was not responsible enough to like handle $50, let alone like $50 million. Right. So, you know, so it's like all this experience is building. So we are able to like handle those big things as they come. So like going back to that, you know, this idea that we've all done this before. It's just like, we've done all these things that we're continuing to do just on like much smaller scales or much mm-hmm. more, you know, like less high stakes scales, you know, yeah. like turning in homework, all of high school and writing that paper has like really informed how I turn in scripts to producers. So, you know, all of it matters, all of it's working in our benefit, but I think you just really have to remember that. And yeah. 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 And it all ties together, even what you're saying, like, it's kind of like, you're building the bridge, but you can't Mm -hmm. like do it all in one step. And like each piece is building on the next. And it's funny what you say about even with like homework and things like that. I remember when I did, so I did PSEO my first two years. So my first years, my first two years of college were PSEO. And so I remember um, my first discussion forum and I was like, okay, this is fine. But I didn't like completely understand what it was so I waited till Friday because I thought it was like oh we're just gonna like talk about something and I remember I was like oh my gosh 300 words I cannot even do this and it's so funny because by senior year I'm like answering discussion posts like while I'm watching tv as I'm like researching my next project so like you know it's all just but you have to take a step back and also like you said like you've done this before and I think that 
that's something I have to remind myself, especially when I was in school, because like anytime anything would go up, I would just be like, the world is ending, it's falling apart. I'm like, fall apart last semester, it didn't fall apart the one before that, like it's going to be fine. But just even like, I remember this one time my mom, my mom basically keeps me sane, if you can tell, but she's like, you should make a list of like all the things that you've done like this before. And I did that and it was crazy because I was like, wow, I actually like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, but I think like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, like taking that step back, I feel like I just agree with you so much that that's not something that people do, especially because we're always moving to the next thing. We're always the chasing the next. So even like if you do a big accomplishment, like I don't feel like we always take the time to soak it in or even like give yourself a pat on the back and things are always yeah. like, cool, that was great. What's next? And then like it's the next freak out and like it kind of can become a cycle. Yeah, like seriously, like I was like again, like this is my entire existence all the time now where I just like won this very competitive grant that I applied for and like, congratulations. Applied, yeah, but thank you. But it was literally like, okay. It was like, yeah, congratulations. But then I was like, okay, on to the next grant. Let me apply. For right. That. Yeah. And that's what it was. And that's what it continues to be where it's just like, yes, this thing is happening, but you know, oh, I might, I'm going to go to my film premiere. And then once that is wrapped, I'm going to go back to like my hotel and like worry about and complete this grant application or complete right script yeah. because like that's the real thing and then that real thing happens and then you're still on to the next so mm-hmm. it, just, it never ends it never ends so but you just have to learn how to keep it holy and keep it healthy it's yeah. why I like yeah. yeah seriously I was talking to this um artist one time because I was just asking her advice on like her career because I admired it and she was like being a full-time creative is just being a full-time juggler like you're just learning how to juggle 87 things and I was like yeah like the older I get the more I'm like Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's basically what we're all doing but I think um like you said keep it holy and keep it healthy like I think there's I think there's ways to do it in a manageable mm-hmm. way but I think realizing that I was like oh we all don't know what we're doing we just all think in the same way um something that I've heard you say about your films is that you want to put black faces in white spaces and I lived like that was like a year and a half ago but I've never forgotten that would you talk about that a little like is that just in your films is that you as a black woman in the in the music in the film industry like can you talk about that a little more yeah that's all I do because it's like usually say it's I write about thank you for phrasing it that way because it kind of you just made me realize something that I haven't realized until now but um my I say I write about black faces in white spaces in the sense that I grew up in the a suburban Minnesota and mm-hmm. in a predominantly white community. So it's like telling stories about how black people kind of navigate the world in spaces that the, for the majority of which like those people don't look like you or me, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, but, you know, just by nature of how this industry has been run for since its inception, it, it is that of just like learning how to be a black face and uh, new white spaces of like immense privilege, you know? Um, so yeah, but I guess for me, it's like one, it's about building community in that sense of like, as you move through the ranks, as you grow up and, you know, the threshold of people of color in these spaces become less and less as you get higher and higher. Yeah. It's that, but also like being true to like my story, because I, I realized too, when, I first started making films like a lot of the films I was making had no black people in it like did not mm. represent me at all and just and it, it took you know some real thought as to why and it's because like you know I didn't think my stories were valid because I didn't mm. see them on tv and again like I grew up in the 90s and started and coming out 
like I, I was in film school at the time when like Oscars So White started talking. We started having these discussions about inclusion and diversity and like how, okay. sorry. I just said, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, about this, these conversations about like why inclusion matters, why diversity matters and both in front of the camera and behind the camera. And that forced me to kind of recognize like how I'm also been brainwashed to be like, push my own stories aside. So, you know, everything I write is trying to overcome that, but also like giving space to, you know, the black experience is so vast, you know, mm-hmm. so like I have a specifically like a second generation experience. Like my family, I was the first born here in the U S my family immigrated from uh, Liberia. So, which is a whole other thing of a country that like has this very entrenched, uh, relationship with the United States and, 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 and history about that. But, you know, so like, that's one experience. And again, like I grew up in the suburbs, I didn't grow, you know, versus, you know, I think a lot of times when you're black, or at least this, I don't think it's true anymore. I think there's been a lot of content that's been produced that, um, that has gone away from this, but there was a time where it's like, Oh, as a black person, like you had to cater to like this white lens and for specific reasons that you can, discuss or you can probably privy to it's just like white people only want to see black people in an oppression like being either victims and victimized by the police or suffering from some sort of racial violence um and you know we're now I feel like as black people especially like with the times that we had and you know things like George Floyd and just like the constant images we see on television like I think like black people it's like we just need black joy like I just want to see black people be happy and living and not sitting here having to navigate, you know, pain um, and trauma and not saying like my work will always talk about those things because I think that is so inherent to the black experience of just like, how do you, um, how do you navigate through racial injustice and all this history and um, collectively that we all have experienced in like, again, very nuanced ways, depending on like what, for example, one example is like what your relationship to Africa is, you know, mm-hmm. like that you can trace your roots or you can or and other other things uh, beyond that. But always also at the same time, like trying to find a place that has black people be experiencing happiness and joy, even if it's going to be in like this predominantly white space and like how yeah. does how does that work? You know, so, and again, like for me, it's more of a question because like I don't have no idea and, and everyone's experience is different, but yeah, yeah, but and, and that's always just interesting, like, you know, being like the only black person in a space, like you do a lot of like, <laughs> there's a lot of like, I, I like, you know, gaslighting that's happening, a lot of like second guessing that's happening. It's just like a lot of like, a mental wear and tear that goes through when when you have to exist like that. It, it just it just is like, how much of myself can I how much of my true self can I show right. like to myself and to these people who are outside of me? You know, what I mean, so I don't know, it's just it's just such rich storytelling that's always in yeah yeah yeah. my focus is there right now yeah and I feel like I can relate to that a lot especially because like I grew up I grew up in the suburbs of Minnesota but I was also homeschooled so I feel like I grew up like in a double (laughs) suburb yeah yeah yeah. Uh so I feel like um I relate to a lot of what you're saying do Mm -hmm. you ever feel like or how did you navigate wanting to tell those stories and not having it feel like a responsibility almost because I feel like sometimes it can be like oh I'm black so I need to educate people on this or because of x y like or like especially as a creative I feel like sometimes it can feel like you have to use your ability to as almost as another form of teaching as opposed to a form of expression how do you navigate that yeah I guess right there like there it was like during 2020 after the murder of George Floyd where I kind of made a 
uh, rule to myself that I'm no longer educating white people. Like there's enough resources another and to do that. And yeah. there are people who get paid for that labor and like actually have the means to, again, like the emotional means, like whether that means like, like therapy or just like community, community that they have experienced there are people who have given express permission to themselves and to these folks that they're going to be their educators. And Mm -hmm. I've never given that permission. I've never in my life said like, I'm going to stand up and like educate white people about race or injustice. And that's exhausting labor. That's not my bag. And I don't get any benefit from it like at all. So that's, so that's part of it where I'm just like, I'm not doing that work. Like you can't pay, there's not enough money in the world. You can pay me to do that work because I don't want to do that work. I don't find it fulfilling. So, um, given that it's so it's kind of just forcing myself you know so so I'm not catering to that lens I'm not catering to that audience of just like let me put because I think when you decide to do that there's a lot of like preaching that can happen or like putting mm-hmm. things on a pedestal you know where you know and again like as I watch content as a black person so like when I I, I see a film or t- television show that's trying to do that work I immediately I'm like oh I'm not the audience for this this right. is not this is for people who need to learn that racism is bad or some or whatever people everyone should be treated equally like sure. I'm I already believe that yes <laughs> you, know, so, you know so again so now my work is for a different audience it's for people who already it's for people like me who already believe these things and don't need to be educated I'm not saying like educated in the sense of like such <laughs> I'm like I'm hoping I'm not sounding like glib or like uh critical I am being critical of this but like educated in the sense of like this like one plus one equals two like it's so base level like I want to work with people who need to understand like the nuances of what's going on so my work again is for like a black community but again like that's so vast so like there's a I don't know because like I like to talk in my work I like to talk a lot about like uh you know, capitalism. I like to talk about, you know, sexuality. I like to talk about gender politics and all these other themes that all blend into these very um, vague ideas of privilege and how that privilege is fluid and changes just based on like what space you're in and who's around you. And I find that so, that's what I found interesting, you know, just basically how does life work? So I guess for me, it's like, what was your original question? Yeah, I went on the camera. No, 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 that's okay. I think I was just saying, like, navigating the space yeah. of being somebody who grew up in a specific instance yeah. or, like, a specific space in the Black experience. Like, do you feel like you have to communicate that? And how yeah. do you navigate, like, the mm-hmm. creativity versus the mm-hmm. teaching, I guess? So you're, you're answering the question. Yeah, thank you. So I guess to sum up, so it's, like, it's understanding, like, okay, so I'm writing stuff for me as an audience, like giving, and I always like to tell my students, you know, I am a teacher, by the way, so I do get paid to like, you know, teach people, but <laughs> I'm not teaching them about race, but, um, you know, um, well, that's, well, that's not a conversation, but, um, I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> like by the person I am, it's like, that's inherent, but that's not what my whole bag is, but sure. okay. Um, but I guess like, on average, but I tell my students, you know, like you are an audience, like if you make stuff mm-hmm. that enjoy you're gonna find that audience that enjoys that stuff too I enjoy deeper nuanced conversations about you know very simple human slice of life stories that are really gonna delve into the bread and butter of it but that conversation is gonna come from that audience talking about my films after they've seen it and like what reaction they're getting what's what they're triggered by etc etc so I do feel like that work is being done it's just like I'm not going to spoon feed it to you like that's just 
so boring to me. Like who wants to be spoon fed? <laughs> I'm yeah, thinking yeah. What's that quote from um, Jurassic Park where the T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? that's how I feel. It's like, I don't want to be fed. I want to go hunt, you know, and we have enough space. So if that is, if you want to be spoon fed something like I'm just not the filmmaker or the storyteller for you. And I'm okay with that. So there's that. And then, yeah. And again, like I, and so much of what, at least this business, I think all businesses, like any type of thing that if you truly want to be successful and capitalize on it, you kind of have to find, you know, that space that hasn't been created yet that you're going to fill. So it's like, Mm -hmm. everyone's, everyone has their own viewpoint, their own perspective, their own ideology. That's just based on all the experiences that you have experienced. Like no one has been you, you know, so you have a certain view of the world that you get to communicate and see who I, who identifies with it, who challenges it, you know, that's going to be bigger. So I'm just seeing it as like, I'm not trying to be anyone. I'm just trying to like write something and do something that I enjoy that I find is authentic and true. And then, you know, that's been working pretty well for me at the same time, you know, uplifting black joy and black celebration instead of these other things that I think like other audiences would prefer in really Mm -hmm. ways that they need to examine, but I don't need to be there as they examine it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That was really well spoken. That was very well spoken. (laughs) And I think like, yeah, so much Mm -hmm. of what you're saying I resonate with and maybe it's just me, but like I... I feel like that, especially what you were saying about, like, no one has your viewpoint and also, like, you have to do you and then, like, those people will be drawn to you because I feel like so many times, and it could be because I'm, like, a social butterfly and I want to love everyone and I, like, I really want everyone to feel safe and included in all those things. I feel like I want to be everything to everybody. So, like, I want every single episode to, like, resonate with each person and, like, I am naturally a deep thinker, but if you're, like, a surface level person, I don't want you to be intimidated, like, all of those things. And I think I got to a point where I was like, this is too much thinking. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm tired. And so, yeah. like, mm-hmm. having it be like, okay, this is me. This is what I enjoy. And if you like it, that's great. If not, that's okay. And I think, like, taking it in not a sense of, like, like, catching an attitude. Like, oh, you don't like it. Like, but just genuinely being like, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. I can't really do anything else. And, like, allowing those people who like those things to be drawn to you as well. Like, it's been yeah. very very freeing I feel like I have a lot more space in my brain time right. in my hands I'm like okay yeah. this yeah. works like I equate that to like two things like one like art that everyone likes like what is that that's not art it's like it's mm. probably just like it's hotel art that's not there to offend anything you know yeah. anybody like you can't if everyone likes it like what have you haven't said anything worthwhile you're just basically yeah. like you know, what have you really truly said that has an opinion if everyone likes your opinion? You know, I kind of equate it to I, I'm someone who, again, this is feeding into like my personality or narcissism, whatever it is. I don't know. I haven't talked to my therapist about this, but I truly think it's like the greatest insult to be called nice for people mm. to say like oh you're nice I, even though I said that earlier but it's like you know where I think it's kind of just like what does nice mean when we say people are nice like it's the bare minimum of expectation that someone's going to be nice and polite and cordial to you but I really feel mm. like when you describe people as just as just nice like the only thing you can say about a person is that they're nice is basically yeah. just saying like this person doesn't offend me they they're just there mm. they anything that's offensive toward me if they're there and not there I don't care like because they're nice you know versus like this person is really funny or their person's really intelligent like other because like we use other words when we have right. other words to describe someone we only use that person as nice if that's all we have to say about them and again like that's mm. just putting it 
I'm just someone who truly believes like that. Basically, like if you if all I have to say about you is that you're nice, which I believe is like the bare minimum of humanity is to be nice to each other and kind to each other. Not even yeah. kind. Like if I'm just saying that if I if, you, if you're genuinely kind, I would use the word kind. Right. You know, nice means nothing. Um, yeah. It, I don't think it means anything. Like people There's can nothing tied to it. There's nothing tied to it. It just means you don't offend me. Like that's it. That's so that's interesting. It. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like too, I feel like a big part of the, this could be my perspective too, but I feel like with the whole like wanting to be everything to everyone, we live in such a cancel culture. That's not necessarily like my motivation for things, but I feel like I would assume that that's such a big part of it, especially because it's like, you know, like you want to be seen and valued and loved and like, that's a big part of human nature. And so I think like wanting to, like the easiest way, obviously to not get into one camp or another is just like be neutral, be Switzerland, you know what I mean? And so it's like, Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where people can kind of I wonder how big of a part that plays mm-hmm. in that yeah, like even neutrality too is just kind of like you kind of if you're going to remain neutral especially as we grow to like more extremes as a civilization like that is you taking a stance on something like true so saying like I'm not I'm not going to challenge the status quo especially when the challenge quo is being challenged by people who are experiencing yeah. an oppression by it so neutral just means you've chosen the side of your oppressor by not challenging them but yeah, you know, so, but yeah, I agree. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I it's, it's like, who doesn't want to make something that like people react to that goes right. viral for whatever reason, you know, right. Again, by putting stuff out there, you're opening up yourself to negativity and there always is going to be, no one's going, no one's ever going to like everything. That's, mm-hmm. that's the point, you know? Yeah. Um, And then cancel, that's a whole other conversation with cancel couple. <laughs> <laughs> a whole other conversation but yeah you know that that does though what I like about that is like it forces you and again this is like from my critical uh, Mm -hmm. study background it's just like it forces you to put things out there that you're not taking for granted that you know I mean that stuff that's just like going for like the lower punches let's say if you're doing comedy comedy that's just like punching down on women or people of color or gay people you know it's like you're not it forces you not to do that and have to make smarter better content and choices you know so that's what I value about the culture the culture we live in now you know obviously sometimes things can be like what is this real conversation that we're having like maybe like the way it's it's guided or way it's like uh formatted is problematic in the sense of just like whatever you know because we're not really talking about what we're talking about we're talking like specific words or I don't know I'm trying to say things without saying things but you know (laughs) but I don't know I think it's like a good conversation that we're having and I think it is going to force us to make better media ultimately Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense um when you seem like you're like a very unapologetic person is that accurate (laughs) I mean I think I, I say sorry a lot. I've said like sorry a billion times in this conversation. <laughs> so sorry for talking, you know, like, like sure. my mom. But I guess, you know, if I'm being authentically me and like I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, again, I, I think it's like, what's the purpose? I'm not sitting here trying to change anyone's mind. I'm not yeah. trying to put things out there that offend people. I don't know. It's just like, I don't think I have anything to apologize for if I'm being like a genuine human yeah. being. And if yeah. I make mistakes, I will apologize for those mistakes that I've made, but I can't preemptively be like, oh, I'm so sorry for existing. You know, <laughs> like it's yes, like, that's yes, yes, yes. No, and, and I think again, that's... Like, mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm Go cutting on. you off. The thing is going on. Go ahead. No, no, okay. no, um, no, it was you. <laughs> I feel like... um I feel like that's such a valuable mindset to have. And I feel like that's rare 
in a lot of spaces specifically because like I feel like people have this whole thing about fake humility and it actually really gets on my nerves but like I think just because like you are who you are and I like you said like you're being yourself so you shouldn't have to apologize for that and I think like taking up space is such a thing that has to I don't know I don't have the right word for it but just like I feel like a lot of times people apologize for taking up space but you have to take up space to be the person that you are and like being the person that you are like there is a space for you whether that's like in corporate world and creativity like whatever it is and so I don't what I'm saying like unapologetic I don't mean like you don't ever say the word sorry but I feel like you knowing and understanding who you are and like not apologizing for the space you're taking up I think is cool and I like I think I I do that in some instances but in I feel like if I'm in a instance where I don't feel like I know en- quote unquote enough then I kind of shrink back and I use the excuse of like oh I just want to learn from everyone but in reality I'm like I don't want to say anything wrong and so I think like I just admire the perspective that you have on that oh thank you I yeah. appreciate that um when you so you are an instructor now Mm -hmm. how did that come about because you've talked about like making films working with different people that you're working on your first feature and things like that so how does teaching come into play and how did that come about yeah that was really interesting because like I was living in New York um when COVID started well I had just come back I was like living I was living in Paris for like a few months for a film residency there and then literally I came back to New York and then like two weeks later the world shut down so you know I was yeah yeah so I was just like because I was like at my sister's place (laughs) like living in my sister's place I'm like I had like no idea what I wanted everything was shut down like I was on that Queen Latifah show that's on right now like I was like working on that yeah and then that shut down production and basically it's just like in a small like apartment (laughs) you know like my sister she like lives um this is so over the information but just like just so give me some context but like I was just like in this small space with my sister and her family I was just like this is like I need to be able to like breathe like I need Mm -hmm. like a backyard to run around and blah 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 blah. so I made the choice like something I never thought I would do like I left my mom's house when I was 18 and and, like moved into like the dorms and like didn't turn and like never went back home not obviously to visit but like never lived at home in the suburbs and made this vow to myself I would never return to the suburbs like never you know like to (laughs) me I don't know why but I just like felt like (laughs) <laughs> some kind of failure like quote unquote like no disrespect to anyone who lives in the suburbs like um but like with COVID I kind of was like it's like I can't do New York anymore it's so expensive for no reason you know like everything shut down I can't even go out anymore so why am I living in New York like everything that makes New York New York doesn't exist sure. right now so you know I just like bought a plane ticket home to like my mom's house to like go back and live in the suburbs and that turned out to be like one of the best decisions I ever made to like come home and like my career has flourished being like back in Minnesota and being like a Minneapolis-based filmmaker again like building communities here and obviously I already had a community here but you know revisiting people and stuff it's been really nice so how did I become an instructor it was like I was just keep like again it was COVID I had no idea what I was doing like no idea I had just graduated with with my MFA like what am I going to do with my life I have no idea you know I'm like okay let me try to write and focus on things but like you know I still need to make money and I would just like do this Google search like every now and then like every couple weeks I'll be like film instructor Minnesota Mm. or Minneapolis and it was literally like like I think like right like in August you know like for September like all of a sudden this Augsburg filmmaker in residence um 
uh, popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, this seems like a sign, you know, like, like I didn't go to Augsburg, but I was familiar with it because I went to the sure. U of M and right across the street from each other. There should be more collaboration between us, but you know, that's another story. Anyways, um, you know, and then, so I was like, oh yes, this is right in minutes. Cause everything else I was finding was like, oh, do I want to commute three hours to like Northfield or something or whatever, but mm. oh, right here in Minneapolis, like great let's apply and then like kind of applied and then completely forgot about it which I I I recommend to people again like put things out there and just completely forget that forget that you did it because like if you when you get that if it comes back as a rejection you're kind of like oh I forgot this existed so no hi but if it comes back as like hey you know you were successful at it like it's not a rejection I forget what the opposite of rejection is um you know like it's gonna be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if, if you come back and it's like you you were accepted, I don't know. It's just going to be like the biggest surprise ever. So I think I was like getting ready to go to a film festival with one of the first film festivals that was like in person at the time and got this email from Kristen like, hey, and that was so funny because I was like, I think I got a message, a voicemail because I guess like all the responses by email were going to spam and they realized that and they're like, they're like, hey, check your, it's like from Kristen, because I don't answer unknown numbers. So I was just like, let it go to voicemail. And I was like in a coffee shop with my good friend and we're like working on something. And then, yeah. And then she's like, hey, you know, we sent you this email. We everything's been going to spam. Can you check? Like we want you to come in for an interview. And yeah. And then it just kind of went from there where it's just like, again, like I applied like, like in two weeks and then you know like in a month I was all of a sudden like an instructor at a university and you know and I always thought like it was going to be in my future but didn't expect it to start happening right now yeah you know going to that like oh am I qualified enough I'm like okay Raven I am qualified but you know but yeah so like that's how it happened and it's been working out yeah Mm -hmm. that's awesome that's awesome um one other thing I know we're coming on time so I'll wrap up but um I wanted to ask you like being that you've lived in New York you lived in Paris <coughs> excuse me my voice has died um you lived in New York you lived in Paris I'm not sure else you've lived but coming back to Minneapolis is there ever like did you have some apprehension about not even just like the suburbs specifically but like coming back to Minneapolis like living in these like it towns or things like that or like how did that work for you? it's working out good and like well it's working out well um it's like I love Minneapolis and like despite some of the politics that was happened here like I like I now I live like I just got my first solo apartment in Minneapolis so yes. I'm like in proper yeah it feels good like not no roommates for once you know but yeah. like but you know like I think all these other cities it's so interesting when you know you say you live in these places and people are like eyes light up and they're like yeah but they're all just like another place like obviously there's something specific and inherent and special about all these places and these giant cities but you know I think you get a little jaded like I lived mm-hmm. in New York for six years and I feel like there's like a after five years you kind of know whether this place you're going to stay here and then after 10 years it's kind of like this decision of like am I a New Yorker or am I not you know sure. like form of self-identity which is interesting <laughs> you know but you know for me it's like I love New York it's it's true like things are always happening there's always options but it's so big you know it's easy to get lost in it's and you're always on top of each other um Paris I love but and again like I love the Parisians like they get a bad rap and um I was talking to a friend like I was there last year or yeah last year last summer I was there last summer 
And we we're talking to a friend over there, like right as they were opening from COVID and stuff like that. Like everyone, my friend who um, they're from Luxembourg, um, but speak fluent French and come back and forth all the time, obviously. But it was just like this running joke between all of us where it was just like, oh, I think the Parisians, like they're nicer now because they got sick of each other during COVID because that's all <laughs> around. So they're like happy, like other people are there. Yeah. But again, I love the French. I do love them. Like, I think like I was a past life. I lived there a lot, but or was French or something but yeah I guess to sum up what I'm saying so but I love Minneapolis I think like it's like such a perfectly sized city like you can get everywhere on foot and you can get anywhere by bike and I'm excited that for winter to come or to end so I can start biking again and mm -hmm. I love how in the summer everything just kind of opens up and everyone's just nice and just also like the decor like it's 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 I kind of forgot it was actually like pretty frustrating coming back to Minnesota where you'd be on a walk and then everyone you passed you had to say hi to like I forgot about yeah. that like, in New York kind of like I yeah. don't see anyone <laughs> you know? so like I was like oh why do I always have to say night but it's it is nice like in like the building I am now like I've, I've been here for like a month you know being in the elevator everyone says hi and like ask you what floor you're on versus like everyone just like looking on their phones like you know so there's like a true community that feels here. And I think people care in a really interesting way. And like New York people care too. I think New Yorkers get a bad rap too, where you know, people think they're mean. I don't think anyone's mean in any of these cities. It's just about um, how, you know, I, it, yeah, I don't know what it's about. Like, I think it's all bad rap, but I appreciate, like, I appreciate being in New York. Cause like now I feel like I'm much more straightforward living here. Like I didn't, I'm like that midwestern like passive aggressive like you know circling around stuff and sure. not indirectness you know like I cannot handle that anymore which I think causes some some bits of discomfort for people who are used to the indirectness passive aggressiveness yeah. just like I'm not dealing with that like we're just gonna call a spade a spade and move on with our lives and if you get offended by someone you know being honest about you in the in in the in like the respect that it's like what's it called like it's uh appropriate for me to be honest about sure. you know what I mean like I forgot where it's going but yeah to your point like I love all these cities are all specific and and great and like there's just something all special about them in some specific way and there's stuff that you know is annoying and sucks about it like New York and Paris like New York every dog poop is everywhere in Paris it smells like pee all the time but you know Minneapolis I always used to say I used to complain it's like one of the cleanest cities I've ever lived in um so I think that's great and again but I'm sick of the snow I hate the winter like I, I'm over it like let's be done yeah so seriously yeah. seriously no that makes yeah. sense that makes sense okay cool you're thinking of moving I would love to I think I I feel like I would love to move because I want to experience living somewhere other than my hometown and I think that's where I'm at now before I really feel like I was running from Minneapolis a lot just because I was like this city's lame there's nothing to do here da, da, da. and I feel like being someone who wants to work in like big creative spaces it's always like LA New York um mm -hmm. and I visited New York for the first time last year and I just loved it so much and it felt like home which was very odd I was like oh this is weird but I was like talking to random people on the street and like making friends um and so I think I would like to live in New York at some point but I feel like I don't know if it's time right now but mm -hmm. I think because I'm yeah. I'm a lot more content in Minneapolis than I used to be and so I feel like I would still love to live somewhere else just because I've always said like I think no matter where I was born I would want to live somewhere else just because mm -hmm. to me the idea of being born and living in one place for your whole life is very weird to me mm -hmm. um but I don't know but yeah New York is definitely like I'm always like how can I go to New York who needs help over there like what can I be doing no, like New York is such again I tell I tell to everyone New York is like a young person's like city like go when you're young and you have no obligations and you know you you 
go and you can afford to be broke is how I say, like make the decision <laughs> there. And that's, and that's, and like, there's so much opportunity there. You'll find something like you're not going to, then do you have support in New York? Not right now. I don't really know anybody. I have like a few people that I met from my last trip, but I'm, I met someone recently who works out there. So I'm like, okay, I'm like starting to build connections, but slowly but surely. Yeah. Let me know. Cause especially to LA too. Like, let me know if there's anything you want. Cause I have, I will. Cause roommates job uh, now you're going to be getting a bunch of opportunities i'm just going to forward you all. listen please do i like especially now that i'm graduated and my job is remote like i can literally just do whatever i want so i am i am gone all the time oh so. like go like even if it's just please like, send me everything please send me no, anything and everything. For it. okay i will i'll be like okay because I think that that'd be that's the best space to be in especially yeah. if you're like have to worry about money and you can just like yeah so you just find a find a small everyone's subletting all the time especially now that summer's coming like everyone's just goes true. Like that, that's so. true I would be down I would be down we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk yeah. um uh but to wrap this up last and final question what do you want someone to take away from this conversation um, I guess that you don't have to have it all figured out like at all. And you're just creating space to figure out yourself and, you know, love what you're doing. And I, I truly, I, again, like the conversation I had with my cousin who was having her mental breakdown after I was having my mental breakdown. And it, it really, really uh, signified like this. Again, I am speaking in cliches, but oftentimes cliches are cliches because they're true. But mm-hmm. I truly do believe if you love what you're doing, you, you will not work a day in the, in the life. Like life will not feel hard. It will just feel annoying sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And that's the difference there. If you're like, I'm truly in the right space that I'm supposed to be, you know, not this is not hard right now. It's just really annoying right now. And that's mm-hmm. literally how it will feel so and I, I just want to get everyone like the courage to like pivot around and move around like you know especially like you're talking to a predominantly gen z audience like there's no reason to feel like the the life you were living right now at like 2022 whatever is supposed to be the life you're supposed to be living forever like that's a ridiculous thought to have and figuring like and being learning how to be present as you said not you know thinking about the retirement fund at the age of 17 <laughs> you know like and just doing my work because it does take a lot of work. It takes a lot of yeah. work. It takes a lot of con- understanding what consistency means. It's, it takes a lot of understanding of yourself. And, you know, everyone should have the opportunity to like learn about themselves and love themselves and learn to like meet themselves and re-meet themselves. And, you know, in ways that are not just like what people tell you are supposed to, your life is supposed to look like, or you're supposed to look like, or who you are and you just figuring out who you are yourself and you know, seeing how people react to that and the pe- and like understanding like there are pieces of you that you can take and leave behind all the time. And that's yeah. that's the work we do. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Having me. Yes, of <laughs> yeah. course. Do you um I don't know if you have like anywhere you want people to follow you or anything, but feel free to plug yourself if you have anything. Oh, I don't really use social media. Like that's why yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's too much it's too much of a brain drain. like no it's too much anxiety for me but I do have an Instagram but it's completely private and I won't add you unless I know you so like nice. I'm not gonna plug it <laughs> yeah, so, yeah but if you hear about me you know come see my movies I don't know please <laughs> yeah. please do yeah oh well like I said thank you so much for coming on the podcast today I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode if you did make sure you come back next week for another episode uh if you want to interact during the week you can follow 
the Tip Talks podcast, just at Tip Talks podcast. And yeah, I'm like forgetting my outro right now, but I hope you all have an amazing weekend and an amazing week. And I'll see you back here next week for another episode of Tip Talks. Oh, 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 oh.